Okay, so in the last episode, the question was asked from our friend, how do we work towards unifying the American church with the life of Jesus and the believer in Acts? And we talked about that shared foundation, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's two angles we need to look at in this conversation today. Mm -hmm. Because what we talked about is like we need to determine whether or not like we even have a shared foundation with the church, you know, of scripture. Yeah, well, because you say my scripture is bias and many people would say my my scripture. scripture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we can say my scripture (laughs) is bias. That works too. I'm totally fine with that. So it's trendy uh, to say things completely different. Yeah. Um, (laughs) My bad. My bad. No, it's great. That's a good opener. (laughs) Yeah. Go on. Go on. No, no, no. Yeah. Because you say my bias is scripture. And a lot of people would say, of course, my bias is scripture. But then kind of clarifying there. No. Is it Jesus or is it our American application? Yeah. Or my subjective interpretation of scripture. No, That's the foundation we're trying to assess. Totally. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, my my bias is scripture. It, what we should be saying is that in reference to like, what is God's will and plan for my life? Even if that offends the crap out of me, like this is what my bias yeah. is, you know? And so um, with that in mind, you know, I, I think we need to answer a couple things on this topic because there's two different paths that could result in that. Is one, you do have a shared foundation, so now you're staying. Praise God. So what do you do? Where do you start? You kind of breached that in the last you know conversation but also wow we don't have a shared foundation and this church is totally closed off so i'm leaving what do you do where do you start i think there's two different routes there mm-hmm. um and so where should we start yeah well so we're we're i think ultimately trying to get at this crossroads of what do I do with my convictions? Do I have to pick a side mm-hmm. is a part of the conflict, you know, that, that people feel in here. And so yeah, totally. I'm just going to well, say there's a third option. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just going to come out and say, pray. I know that's like, it, I know. Yeah. I knew it was coming. I know it's like, Oh, what a cop out. Oh, She's going to tell me to pray. No, like honestly, one of the things that we're yeah. really awful about that the church in acts was really great about, they mm. prayed all the time. And there is definitely a theme in the book of acts where you see believers like coming together and praying for something. And it's, it's like a catalyst for action yeah, no, from absolutely. God. And we don't lean on that enough, but then also we are like really not great at teaching people how to patiently wait on the Lord and to tune their ears to hear the voice of the Lord, which is why Mm -hmm. like it matters what your conviction is that you're going to be obedient to God. Cause the more, no matter how minor or how major your conviction is, when you push aside or you ignore, you walk away from Mm -hmm. a conviction that God has given you. You're also walking away from like, it's always an offer God is giving you to greater and deeper relationship yeah. with him and to better hear his voice. Yeah. So you just kind of slowly, if you walk away from your convictions, you're slowly tuning your ears to no longer be able to hear him. And we don't do the best job of telling people, actually, I can't tell you what to do because I am not God for you. I'm not meant to be God for you. That Moses type relationship, like Jesus came to fulfill that he like that was just a shadow of what to come the substance is christ you need to go to god and like wait on god and ask god so my ultimate answer is pray because when i first hit that crossroads when i first felt that tension of what do i do with my convictions do i have to pick a side there's an aspect of yes ultimately you have to pick a side when it comes to your convictions 
but I don't think that's going to look the way that we anticipate mm-hmm. it might look. Um, it shouldn't mean the death of relationships for the most part. When I was first feeling very conflicted, you and I, we had completely different responses. Mm -hmm. You were like, I can't sit here through this service. I can't do it. Yes. I can, you, you, (laughs) Uh, and you can talk about that in a second. I very much remember the last time I attended a Sunday morning (laughs) church service. (laughs) That like, you know, we weren't the missionaries at or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I also remember that it's a, it's a good, it's a good laugh for us. Um, but anyways, you know, and, and you felt this huge conviction of this is an injustice. And for me to be Hmm. here, I am complicit in, in the blatant, like slap to the face of God, basically because the way things are being done. Whereas I had to, in my conversations Hmm. with the Lord, when I was seeking from him and I was like, what do I do? Um, he made it pretty clear to me that if I were to stop going to that local church body, um, my heart would become bitter toward the people and I would start to have this us versus them mentality. So it was so critical for me to continue going. I couldn't be a part of like volunteering or leadership Mm. or something because that for me was a line of I feel complicit in this. But I needed to go and to see that so many of these are people who it's it's like in the first part, they literally don't even know. They literally do not even know the difference. They are being spoon fed. This is what this means. This is what this looks like. It's and and it's really easy to see that going on and to feel a sense of this is a sham and you know want to want to flip the tables and be like you're pulling the wool over people's eyes but truth the truth is when i'm in when i'm face to face with those people i can't i can't dehumanize them to say like they're out for their own gain or like i i have to go and investigate and i often find People are not as wicked in their heart posture, certainly not knowingly as I would like to think. And so it made it like I needed that experience to to keep a softened heart and to be able to have. No, this is great. Genuine fellowship with other believers who think differently than me. That's a great that. I mean, honestly, that's a fantastic place to just even answer that from. Because okay, that, you presented that scenario, two options, and I was well, like, "Well, that scenario Man, is that's very accurate too." Because like we we were very different responses we in that were. season of our life. And you should. How long ago was that? Three, four years ago. It was pre-COVID. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Does anybody remember pre-COVID these days? So <laughs> it's all a blur. Yeah, we've all lived a whole life because of COVID. So <laughs> here's the thing: uh, in that scenario, you actually did continue going to church on a Sunday morning for several months. You know, uh, until COVID. Me, until COVID. Yeah. And I did not. Yeah. I did not, I just stopped going on Sunday morning services. Now, just so you're aware, I did not give up on meeting together like Hebrews talks about. Right. You know, I just was content. I was being filled at our house church. I had a body of believers with 15, 20 people that that we were meeting each other's needs. And I was, Mm -hmm. I was full. You know, I, I, I had my church and, and it was alive and mm-hmm. I, I felt good with it. They, they were good with it. So we were just, it and was obviously just, I had that too. Yes, totally. And you were present but there as well, but yeah, you had my a, heart a burden to needed. continue, mm-hmm. you know, for this, the situation she was talking about earlier, for those of you listening, mm-hmm. um, yeah, essentially we went on a, we'd been going for a while to a few different churches and there was one church in particular, I won't name names, but uh, there was definitely a slide that came up on the, on the announcement announcements, portion. you know, yeah. and they're going around, they're doing the hustle and bustle to get the, the tithe and all that stuff, which is always like a struggle for me because I also, I do understand 
you know, we need money to operate in a church. And this is a whole other thing that could be talked about as always. There's always a thousand things we could talk about, but the thing is how we present the tithe really matters to me mm-hmm. because it is like a Jewish taxation system, uh, which we can, I know some of you are like, what, you know? Yes. It was not actually, it's not what it's made out to be in, yeah. in the institutional church. And I'm yeah. all for like God's God endeavors continuing you know like give to that that's awesome i've heard some really interesting repeated like one-liners from people in the church of like oh you give because it's your storehouse you give because it's mandated to give 10 percent." and then i've heard other perspectives of no you give like the woman who had like nothing you give an abundance you there's no a lot of thought around that right but it matters to you because your understanding is well my, my understanding is there's a greater command than 10 percent there are lives. I, I, my understanding is mm-hmm. God comes with this new or Jesus comes with this new foundation of generosity. Yeah. And, and this foundation of generosity will wreck you because it might not be just 10%. Like I'm sure the rich young ruler wished it was just 10%. Oh, hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I'm, I'm sure Ananias and Sapphira, uh, Ananias and Sapphira wished it was just 10%. Like the church, that early church in Acts, that, Jesus himself Mm -hmm. it is the entire life the offering it is a mindset of I actually own nothing yeah there's nothing what is uh, what's C.S. Lewis quote oh anything I've not given away is not really yours or something anything or everything you've not given away was never really yours something like that yeah so here's it's really great here's the point we're sitting in this church on a Sunday morning and the slide comes up and it says your money makes fun happen here and it has a picture of kids jumping in a jump house. And I was just shook. You know, I, I literally was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm so done. Like, you're literally playing music, doing this, like, instrumental thing to already get people to feel to give, which is whatever. You know, like, this is just how we do things in church, I guess, in America. But then you have a slide that comes up and says, your money makes fun happen here. And I'm like, is that really what the gospel's about? Like, I just went to Pakistan this year and literally thinking from that aspect of like, you see the church in this like raw, brutal state persecuted. Yeah. You think that they're concerned about fun. How about making sure people live another week? You know what I mean? And so that type of stuff, I mean like sitting in the, and we've seen that all over and you know, we've been to 40 plus countries and we've seen this time and time again. And so the thing is, when I, we, I was there that Sunday morning, that was my response. I was like, this marks the last time I regularly attend a Sunday morning church until I find a super healthy yeah. one, which I haven't found, mm-hmm. which is like, I, I hate to say that that's the truth. Like I've, and, I've, yeah. And in that, I would say like, there are individuals in leadership positions whom we love and have pure hearts, but, um, we've not found an overall church. Well, because the there are other in, aspects of it's not just the captain. Yes, totally. It's that's the problem. Who's who's holding the dock there, together? Yes, preventing that movement. Because yeah. there are, there are people I love in this area to pieces, but I'm like, but the church just isn't there, and and I couldn't make that impact, especially with us being gone a lot. Like if we were here, twelve months of the year, just stationed here, it would be different. I probably would be able to, but with traveling constantly, you know, if I'm only around half the year. It's like, well, I got to be a place that's really, I can have that impact and it's not really possible, you know, mm-hmm. in a lot of these places. And and so here's the thing. That was the day though. 
mm-hmm. I said, no, I can't. And I realized it was a strong conviction Yeah, through prayer mm-hmm. that like this needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like false guilt and shame, you know, I, I would, I had for the next three years or four years or whatever, still occasionally to this day when it's just like, Oh, people are like, where do you go to church? It's like, Oh, head goes in. I go to a house church. You know, like this like thing that's seen as like lesser than it's just not there's not a building. There's not a roof. Yeah. So it, it, yeah, it's it's, you know, God doesn't like sunlight or rain, you know, so it's like, yeah, I, it doesn't it doesn't work. We don't have a steeple or maybe it's that our roof at our house is only like 12 feet as opposed to like 22 or something. You know, so the thing is, yeah. it's just it's seen as less serious. And I would say our house church is very much not less serious you know yeah there's a there's actually i'm i'm really impressed with the people that are helping lead that and the people the young leaders I that agree. are chasing after god with all their heart your response though in that scenario you keep coming to house church but you're gonna keep going on a sunday morning yeah why well because i i pretty much said it earlier like i knew that it just when so I have a lot of conversations, mm-hmm. just me before the Lord. And um, I try to be really humble and to listen in those spaces and not just um, make assumptions for my own life or to grab hold of, of even opportunities for my life. You know, I very much want to be led by God and um, I, I, I want my life to be his. And so it was just one of those times where it was a conversation where um, you know, we'd been reading through pagan Christianity and, mm-hmm. um, there is like a particular hardness of heart that comes when like reading through that book because yeah. it's the statistics are, are fantastic and it's really great historical information. But at the same time, um, if you're more educated, you might notice that, um, some of those words, they have certain connotations to it. Oh. There is, there's a slant. It's, well, it's a little, harsh. He's a little bitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and it's hard not to pick up on some of that. Yeah, totally. And, um, you know, so in that space, um, I just, God made it really clear. Like I needed our culture is so good at dehumanizing people Mm. because we have, because we have the opportunity to no longer be face to face with them. It is the easiest thing for us to turn everything into an us versus them. Everything, because we can choose to not have to face these people. It's something that the American culture and not just the American culture, this is very much for sure. And anywhere where Christianity is allowed and has seen some measure of flourishing, right? The Christian church. Um, it's, it's a luxury that we have that actually undermines, oh, so much. It undermines all of our cooperative efforts. Um, you know, it undermines church discipline. It undermines actually functioning together as a, as a good mm. body. Um, that other countries like persecuted churches, they literally don't have the luxury to just choose not to see each other anymore. Right. And so yeah. God just let me know, like, no if I choose to no longer go and see those people, I will forget that they are still his children whom he loves. And there's no, there's no conspiracy there for them. They, they don't know they're ignorant to it. And so for as much as I did have a conviction, like I can't be complicit in this process. So I didn't like serve there anymore, but just something to go and to see and to know from my own heart. Like here's another side of, of where, yeah, because I think I want to, just point that out before you jive into the next thing. Unity was going to be my next thing. Go for it, just so I don't forget. Yeah, Go that's for great. It. Unity. Um, we'll remind you on that. So, okay. with that in mind, with what you're saying mm-hmm. and what I shared, would you mm-hmm. say we were both right? And 
Absolutely. Would you say we're both obedient to the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Would you say the Spirit impressed very different things upon our lives? More clearly. Yeah. I mean, even as a married couple, which I think was a bizarre testimony, you know, to like share with people probably listening to this. But it was very important, I think, to both of us. I just I just want to make that really clear to everybody that there is not a one size fits all solution to this. And and this is why I will I'm not gonna let go of this one. You pray. Yes. <laughs> I'm not gonna let go of it. You go and you pray and you ask God for wisdom because I'm gonna read this because I love it yeah, so much. And um, then unity. Yeah, just really quick, you know, discernment comes by asking God for wisdom for our lives. Like, you know, you want to know how the heck to get through this life and what to do when and where um, and not to feel just like you're swayed by a cunning presentation of something. Go to God and ask him for wisdom and just don't ever stop. Make him the first and the last and all the in-between that you go to for that. Um, So here we go. This is just James 1... Um, well, I'll just start with two. Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. That is like so loaded in, in what we consider to be trials. And we're talking a lot about how these things require us to have faith and we need to have endurance in that faith. Um, and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. That To believe that statement right there takes a tremendous amount of faith that I will lack nothing. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly because there's no partiality or favoritism with him and it will be given to him. Hmm. But let him ask in faith without doubting for the doubter is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. Um, I, th- I think we all have had experiences of what it's like to ask God for something but not have the faith. And yeah, we friggin' feel so unstable. We go to somebody else. Somebody else come help us. We go get counsel from someone else, you know, because we just don't know what to do. We just right. feel unsteady, unstable. Um, so I'm not going to let this one go. Pray. Really go to the Lord and pray to him and ask him for his wisdom. And that's the thing where God's wisdom for me looked different than God's wisdom for you at that time. And all what mattered most was that we are encouraging, supporting and empowering each other to be obedient to that conviction that God has given us. Mm. So that way, like I can trust that if God has something slightly different for you than he has for me, like he's dealing personally with you and I want to see your relationship with God yeah, flourish. Totally. Right. And that is not to say we've been perfect at that. There are times oh, that good Lord, we've no. lacked, you know, <laughs> obedience or we've been emotionally swayed and led. For sure. And things. Um, but I do think that is a unique time in our life where we were led in very different ways and it wasn't we were bad and it might have. And, and now I'm very much where you're at, where I'm just like, ooh, just attending makes yeah. me feel complicit. And and that's sure. hard. And But I have enough touch points throughout the I have enough touch points with the body, probably because it's not COVID anymore, that it's something where, and I just continue to go to the Lord and say like, okay, God, where's my heart? Help me And we have friends in other cities that we wish if we were there, we probably would be attending their church. You know, like there are some places that, again, I don't want to list any names or do anything that would elevate or de-elevate people on this podcast. Yeah. So, um, I, I, but there are some places that are amazing and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, is it perfect? No, but is there like a 
we're trending the right direction and serious change totally you yeah know? yeah yeah i oh did you have more you have more scripture to read uh yeah you know i this is the thing we're already quite a bit into this and we are i i just think i do still want to touch on unity for a second yeah i'd love you to i, I was just going to say this in yeah. colossians 1 28 i love that book i i love what paul says he says him we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ for this I toil struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of to me like where we were both were. Mm -hmm. We're toiling. We're in very different things. It's taking a lot of energy, but also like God was powerfully working in different ways through us, you know? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, if anyone was to talk to you and then come talk to me, they'd be like, whoa, 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 what? These are very different like convictions, but simultaneously like we were trying to lead people in a, a different whiz. We were getting almost a, a wisdom that's still unified, but it has very different like. Well, ab- absolutely. It was expressions. just, yeah, it was just that for you, what it looked like to pick a side was you needed like you just, you needed to not be in that place. Right. Yeah. And especially because of how moved by this sense of injustice you were, you needed to not be in that place. It would have been prob you probably would have had a divisive spirit ignited Maybe. or some bitterness growing to, to be subjected to well, sit if there. Remember part of what I said, you said it earlier, the complicit thing was a huge reason for that. Yeah. I didn't want no, my I presence know. as executive director of a missions organization, just the visible presence of that to be seen as like affirming. Mm-hmm. In the same way, I wouldn't go to a, a gay church, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and just be present. I don't want to just attend on a Sunday morning and then people go, well, the executive director of a Jesus mission comes here. Yeah. And to me, it was no, the same totally. thing. Like, yo, you're, you're stewarding finances like the way the devil does. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to be seen with that. I don't want that to even be thought of as okay. And so that, that was kind of like really my mindset. Now, could a divisive spirit been ignited? Totally. That's part of why we took a break from this podcast for two years, you know, because I felt like it was just getting angry, too angry, you know, but it really was that. So why don't you hit on unity, though? Yeah. So um, because one of the other aspects of a conviction that we should have is we should have a conviction for unity. God also has really, really strong feelings about unity and unity within the body. And so this does in many ways come back to, you know, what you were saying, um, the previous episode where you're talking about, you know, I, I brought up how like, this is bigger than any one of us. Right. And you brought up how you really have to assess, is it possible to unify? Mm. Um, but that should always be part of our conviction is like, can, can what can we have unity in and um perhaps that should be a different conversation to talk about a little bit more practically where what unity can look like how can we be united and yet diverse like where do we draw lines in a sense what are the things that maybe should cause us to be like this is where i really need to pick a side and i have here's the other thing um what does it look like to be divisive Mm. i think will you know if if you are trying to have these conversations with people your leaders in your church and whatnot and you're not getting too far there does come a point where um you could be quite divisive to that culture i personally 
if like if you are 100% you're just fighting for like the purity of the bride like wait no I like we should be living like Jesus we should be counseling people to live like Jesus we should be stewarding our finances the way like God gave us a roadmap like it is the way to the kingdom it's the kingdom way why are we not doing this you know like there's we should we should feel passionately about that and yeah, we should absolutely. like exhort and admonish when it comes to all of these things because our practices are it's it's a little bit mind-boggling right so there should be some effort in there and if your heart is pure in that then like i don't even think it's bad to disrupt the system a little bit but there comes a point where if you are that prophet-like voice to the nation of Israel and they don't want to listen. They yeah. don't want to forsake their things to embrace God in a pure way, a way that says, yeah, I'm done doing this in like the way of the world, but slapping God's name on it and being comfortable knowing that like, well, God will redeem it. Cause we see that all the time mm. in the church. That was a big thing that I, I started to realize when, I continued going as like, why do people, why aren't they awake to this? Why mm. are, why aren't their eyes open to it? Because so much good happens still in our churches, but that's just God's redemption. Yeah, totally. Cause he's freaking awesome. Like <laughs> that's what that is. But if people aren't at that place, then I think there's a time to, it's up to you to walk away. And even that mm. will need to be done with discernment, seeking God's wisdom in when do you stop and when do you walk away? Does that mean that you yeah. start your own house church? Do you have a house church gathering before that? Do you find one before that? Again, I can't tell you. You've got to pray. No, yeah. you've got, you've got to pray. But you know, there for as diverse as this life is, there are so many options within all of that as to how this is maybe supposed to shake out for any individual right. um, or maybe a, a small group of people. Um, but I, I don't know, maybe it would be worth talking about again some other time specifically, right. man, getting into the weeds of like unity and division because God has really so, strong language about that. I think I have one more thought, you know, that's fine. All I was going to say is the thing that's funny. The thing that changed for me to get to that uh, place of like, I feel complicit is I read through the book of Amos yeah i yeah. highly recommend it it's really convicting in the way of um i can't walk into a church now and not feel like totally. man we are the book of amos right here and god has such strong feelings about that so go ahead so this is what i would just encourage you with if maybe you're someone that feels i think it's easier if you feel like god's stirring you up to go in some ways because mm -hmm. there's like a release that the Holy Spirit's given yeah. you and you know, you're going to see a fresh birth. Like a fresh holy fire. discontent was yeah, what you totally. said we felt. And that's true. Yeah, totally. Um, now, when God's calling you to stay, like I said it that whole time when you felt called to stay, I was like, Lord, help me if that was the conviction I had. You know, like it would be so yeah, much you harder. Did. I forgot about that. You did. And so the thing is, I, I just want to encourage people, like if you're called to stay in a church that you're, you have a holy discontent with and, you, and you're trying to figure that out. I think it's really, really important that you understand this. America does not need more people pleasers. Like, oh, man. Uh, we, the American church, you know, needs more prophets. I really believe that. And there, there's like that saying a pastor said a long time ago, you know, the saying a little bit of sugar makes the medicine go down more like a little truth makes deception acceptable. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think a lot of people go into church and they go, well, I'll just I'll offer a little bit of truth because I don't want to like the full truth might be too much weight for them to bear. 
that's a whole and that's a whole episode yeah, yeah it's, it's a deep thing but you know i want to in a sim- simply put encourage you guys let scripture speak for itself and i would just add to that you will never ever ever regret making your life more like jesus yeah never Absolutely. like it's never too much you Jesus is never too much. You can't be unified with a body of believers if you're not unified with the word. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I don't know. I'd push you on that one. Okay. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. I know, um, I know. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, just to say to before we close it out. It um, you you'll reach levels of disunity and perhaps mm-hmm. division. It'll it breaks down. Um it will I, break yes. down over time. Mm-hmm. You can have seasons. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, at yeah. the end of the day, yeah. the only sure foundation we have is the word. Yeah, you I guess you, you can be unified until you reach those points of breaking. And then yeah. it matters how people respond. Do yeah. we stay unified totally. or not? Like, you that's, know, that's how I'd probably push you. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's, I, I would just agree with that. Yeah. I think that's how we ended up in situations, you know, where we have to walk through Matthew, Matthew 18. Matthew 18 Corinthians Because 5. you have seasons where it's like for years you, you have this unity. And it wasn't false. It was real, but it lacked the depth that the word has. Mm-hmm. And then at some point. We just had to get there. You yeah, know, at some point walking you through different areas of life totally, with God. Totally. So, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening to the Naked Church podcast, and we'll see you next time.